no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Man, you either bear down or lay down with prayers and they dub on the Bears Essential Podcast. Man, let's get it. We got you, OG, even if the Bears don't. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we break down the Bears' 17-9 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. And A-Dub, this is the Bears' first 10-loss season since 2017, my guy. That's a lot of losses, man. I'm frustrated, Prez. They just keep racking up. And I'm telling you right now, audience, this had to be the one to seal Matt Nagy's fate. I saw that man's face after that game, bro. He's defeated, man. He's a man that knows his fate. Hey, look, what else can you say, man? The writing is on the wall. When you lose this many games, Prez, hey, man, it is what it is. Yeah, but see, that sucks for us because that it is what it is type of mentality, that's affecting the fan base. Now, I knew what was going to happen tonight. With him being responsible for the play calling, with Bill Lazor being out, and not, like I said, audience, I keep telling you guys, Bill Lazor is not some offensive genius, but compared to Matt Nagy, I'll take Bill Lazor any day of the week because what we saw today in this game was the four years of Matt Nagy all balled up into one game of why this guy will not be here next season. You hit it right on the head, Perez. And the key thing he talked about was the play calling. So now all of a sudden in this game, due to COVID protocol, he, he's, he's the play caller. And it becomes a disaster again. Man, I'm just glad that he didn't have anything to do with that defense because they fucking played their asses off today. Now just imagine if Desai wasn't cleared. We would have been really fucked in this ballgame. <laughs> I got a salute to decide, man. Good game, coach. But again, A-Dub, this is now yet another primetime game. We've been on national TV, and we play like shit. They need to take us off national TV, man. This is embarrassing. I'm tired of the world seeing this team playing like shit. Yeah, it's one thing that we know that we're playing bad, friends. It's another thing the world knows we're playing bad. Primetime TV is not something that we're prepared for or ready for. And we lost to a division rival. And this is a team that we've had success with under the Matt Nagy era. You brought this up on the preview pod. However, in this game, this was a very winnable game. That's why it makes me just sick to my stomach. Thinking about that drive home from the game to the A-Dub, I'm going to tell you. I had to turn on some smooth jazz, man, because I was like, I don't want to get on this podcast and become a lunatic. But I I was pissed off, bro, leaving that that place today. (laughs) But I was sitting over there smiling and sitting in traffic. But I was still smiling. (laughs) That's what's up. Something got to help is either that, booze or crack. And let's leave the crack alone. <laughs> <laughs> say no to crack, man. No to crack. Yeah, yeah, say no to drugs. Nancy Reagan told me no. And she told you right. <laughs> hey, but we know a little bit about Nancy, but I'm going to leave that for another time and another place. On our preview part, we gave our final score predictions. Now, we both said that the Vikings were probably going to win this ball game. You had the Bears losing 27-20. I had the Bears losing 24-20. We were a lot more confident than what actually happened in this game today. However, some of the keys that we had going into this game. Now, if you recall, audience, the first key that I had was tackling and closing off those lanes to minimize Dalvin Cook and that rushing attack. Because what did I say, audience? I said in the last game, Dalvin Cook had almost 200 yards. That Minnesota Vikings offensive line was clearing holes for him, and he was just running through those things. Those things were like, he just had nothing but daylight. And this matchup here, especially with Hakeem Hicks coming back, we not only did we neutralize Dalvin Cook, but we closed up those running lanes. 
Hicks and Ogletree played a big part in that game today, A-Dub. And in this matchup here, on 28 carries for Dalvin Cook, that man was under 100 yards, and he had to earn every single one of those yards, bro. Oh, yeah, Press. That is a plus. Anytime you can hold Dalvin Cook to under 100 yards, especially, like you said, on 28 carries, right? <laughs> That's huge right there. So we slowed him down big time. And salute to the Hicks, man, Ogletree. They played they butt off. And I'll tell you, man, Hicks came back, made a big difference in that game, Press, because when he was out there for those snaps versus when he wasn't, he saw a big difference. Oh, yeah, it's a drop-off, but that's the drop-off that we've seen since he's been out. And right. I always tell you this, he's the heart and soul of this defense. He showed you his worth, and he showed you his value. And that's the thing, man. If you have more guys that play with that type of pride and understand what it means to play for the Chicago Bears, there is a tradition and legacy that's associated with playing for this organization. And there's a lot of guys on this team that are going through the motions right now, and they don't understand that shit. But Hakeem Hicks is not one of those guys. I'm going to miss 96 when he's no longer with this organization. Oh, definitely we're going to miss him, man. That passion, Perez. That's the one thing you look at on the field is when he come out, get a sack or something, Perez, how excited he is, right? He's pumped up, man. And that gets the entire team going, Perez. It gets the team going. It gets that crowd going. That thing is missing when he's not out there. So when it comes to that first key, we definitely did a good job there. My second key, however, we did not do a good job with, and that was pass protection for Justin Fields. When it came to pass protection for Justin, we gave him three sacks. Now, there were some plays there that Justin held on to the ball a little bit, and he kind of ran into a couple sacks. But for the most part, I thought that our offensive line could have done a better job in pass, bro. Yeah, the offensive line definitely could have done a better job, Perez. That pressure started coming in, man, and you forced Justin Fields to really try to extend drives and extend plays. And um, he can get hurt that way, Perez. Now and then, when you saw him getting flushed out of the pocket, and most of those times the receivers weren't open, he had nowhere to go with the ball, it just it was a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it was, man. And we can't get nothing going. That limits opportunities for scoring prayers, and it just becomes a you-know-what show. Definitely comes a shit show. Now, going over into your keys, the first key you had was controlling the time of possession in the ballgame, A-Dub. Yeah, I didn't think we did a great job with it because we couldn't finish drives for us to do that. I think in that case, Perez, when it came out of time possession, I thought it was a little bit inconsistent with that. We moved the ball on offense, but sustaining drives and also finishing drives, I think that was more of a culprit to me. The time of possession, I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a key. However, with the way our defense played, we just didn't capitalize off of the mistakes that Minnesota made. And I think that was a bigger thing of why we lost today. Now, your other key, which I thought was something that was really, really important audience was A-Dub talked about the fact that we needed to contain and neutralize those receivers from the Minnesota Vikings. And I thought, A-Dub, we did a really good job in that secondary tonight. I'll tell you, with not having key players like Jalen Johnson in the secondary and Eddie Jackson, Mm -hmm. those guys who played, they've done a very good job. They played above expectation. No, they really did, A-Dub. That was a hell of a key because going into this matchup, if anybody thought that Justin Jefferson was going to be held to under 50 yards receiving. If you guys thought that that was going to happen in this game, then you're a fucking liar because most people were on Twitter talking about Justin Jefferson is going to go over 200 yards receiving. They said he's going to have a Randy Moss there. That motherfucker didn't do shit. He had that one <laughs> touchdown catch in the first quarter, and that was it. That man was on a milk cart. Yes, he was. He would neutralize the rest of that game. At the end of the day, though, they got it done. Another loss for us. I want to talk about some positives before we get into, like, the nuts and bolts of this game, A-Dub. Now, entering this game, 
we saw that Robert Quinn and your boy Jakeem Grant made it to the Pro Bowl. But I was pissed off, man, that Roquan Smith was snubbed once again, man. What is the deal with this man not being respected around the league? What the fuck is this guy got to do to earn a Pro Bowl nod? What the hell is going on with that? Why does this guy keep getting snubbed? I cannot tell you why he keeps getting snubbed, Prez. I mean, Roquan Smith has had two very good seasons. And you mean to tell me this guy is not good enough to make the Pro Bowl? Really? In what world? I mean, I am disappointed. It upset me like it did you. This damn Pro Bowl continues to be a popularity contest. And it's bullshit because most of the people that vote on this thing don't understand football. Because if they did and you turn on the tape and you watch 58 play, there's no reason why this guy is not on anybody's Pro Bowl. And also, think about the fact that this man is playing on a hamstring injury. He's not even 100% right now. And he's going out there giving it his all. And he's still playing well. And I think maybe because we're 4 and 9 at the time, now 4 and 10, maybe they looked at the record and say, okay, that's going to hold it against him. But if you watch the games, you're right, Perez. Roquan has been all over the field, playing hurt, doing everything he possibly can, man, to help this defense um, maintain. So I got to give it up to Roquan. I know he's probably not looking at that Pro Bowl stuff, and, but it's just definitely unfortunate, man, that he's not getting that respect. Yeah, and, and especially, too, when you look at this matchup, coming into this game, the amount of guys that we had out through the injury and COVID. We ain't going to go through all the list of them, but you guys know the major guys are out. A-Rob, Jalen Johnson, as A-Dub mentioned a second ago, Eddie Jackson, Tayshawn Gibson. That's your Both of your starting safeties were out in this ball game. Larry Borum, promising rookie right tackle. He was out in this game. That's a lot of people that are out. That defense, especially A-Dub, was impacted by this. And you have guys like Hicks and Roquan Smith. And this game today is especially stepped up their games, and they really made things happen. And Robert Quinn as well, as I mentioned, he made it to the Pro Bowl, and, and deservedly so. That man right there is having himself quite a season at A-Dub. And as I mentioned in the last couple episodes, he's going to break Richard Dent's sack record, man. He's right there on his bump. <laughs> yeah, man, Robert Quinn. I mean, this season he has came to play. He's been at it all season. I'm, I'm happy for Quinn. I mean, like I said, last year, last season, I know we gave him a lot of uh, hell because we didn't like what we saw. But this year, he showed us something different. And I'm proud of him, man. A great bounce back here. 16 sacks. And audience, if you guys weren't aware, Richard Dent sack record, 17 and a half. So Robert Quinn is right there on that doorsteps and shit. He's got an outside chance of 20 sacks, man. So Robert Quinn, keep doing you. And we are so sorry. I am so sorry, brother. <laughs> My bad, bro. My bad. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, though, man, A-Double, having so many people out, most people counted us out in this ball game, And I thought that we kept it close. And like I said, it was a winnable game. And Kirk Cousins, true to being who he is on Monday Night Football, didn't do anything outstanding in this ball game. It's not like he led this team to victory. The Bears just did everything possible in this game to lose. And we did. Yeah, that's what it was. It was not no Kirk Cousins. Not at all, Perez. This game was all on us because we had our opportunities, we had our chances, Chris, and we blew it. It's the same song and dance with this ball club, A-Dub. Mistakes, offensive woes, penalties, fumbles. I mean, come on, man. Turning the football over? We're not a good team. We are not one of these teams that can afford to turn the football over and think that we're going to win. We think that we can turn the football over and expect to win those games. No way. That's not us at all. You're right, Chris. Man, this team here has to be sharp, has to be effective, and do the right thing, man. If we don't control the ball or 
protect the ball, Perez. We lose that turn of a battle, and we are in trouble. Also, too, and I talked about the penalties. We had some really bad penalties that went against us, and I have to say this. The officiating this season in the NFL, and I'm not just talking about for the Bears, but I will say in this game, too, awful officiating. But as a whole, in this league, the officiating has been brutal. In this game today, they called a fucking penalty on T's Tabor for simply tackling Dalvin Cook. What are we doing? You can't tackle people anymore? Prez, I was so disappointed in that penalty. I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't believe they even called a penalty on that play. And I don't care about what they say the rules said or whatever, Prez. That is not a penalty in football, man. That cannot be a penalty, man. If that's a penalty in football, Perez, this game is totally different than, uh, than what we've been accustomed to watching. It's bullshit. It's, it's almost too like the taunting penalty, and I hate to go back to this, but when <laughs> Cassius Marsh was given that taunting penalty, but you see Aaron Rodgers and fucking Tom Brady do similar things, and they don't call penalties. These fucking officials, man, they have to learn how to call shit fair. They're not doing that shit, man. And this ball game, you cannot throw a penalty on a guy making a fucking tackle. What's he supposed to do? Was this flag right. football? Get this shit right. out of here, man. Terrible call, man. So inconsistent, man. Ain't no way in hell that that play right there, man, is a penalty. I know, I mean, I know I said it before, Perez, but it is unfortunate, man. I think these officials, the NFL got to really look at the officiating crew overall, man, and get this together. They really do. They need to review this at the end of the, of the, of the season. When they sit down and figure out what they need to do with the rules committee, they need to fucking look at shit like this because this shit is unacceptable. And I hope that the Bears put together a nice little fucking highlight film of all the bad calls that have gone against them and send that shit into the league because somebody needs to fucking answer for this shit because it's awful. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and put everything on the officials because we lost today because of our team and, and our own struggles. But this officiating, I'm, I'm just tired of this shit. I'm tired of the inconsistency, as you mentioned. I'm just sick and tired of it. It was the first time I really, you know, one of the few times we seen Nagy really get pissed because it's like, look, you watch now, Nagy, you paying attention. Hey, you see what's going on here, man. And for him to get that pissed off press with that penalty, I was like, thank you. About goddamn time, Nagy. This is kind of stuff we've been dealing with somewhat the season. So we got these inconsistencies, things going on, man. Mad Nagy, I saw that shit on the sideline, and I'm like, okay, cool, bro. But that's how we feel watching you fucking call play calls. So whatever. <laughs> he over there animated, getting penalties and shit like that. Some people may say, oh, I like the fact he's still fired up, and he's still this and that. Okay, I didn't really care. Because from my standpoint, Nagy, you just hurting the team even more than you've been hurting us already, getting that fucking penalty. <laughs> Come on, man. Shut your ass up. <laughs> hey man, friends, I gotta disagree with you on that one though, man. It nah. was just a brutal call, man. It was a brutal call, friends. It was a bad one, man. I'm okay with one penalty in that game, and it was Tevin Jenkins standing up in Justin Fields. That's the penalty right there that I was okay with. I'll take that 15 yards all day long. But Matt Nagy, sit your ass down. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here, bro. So now I'm getting fired up because this motherfucker, man, you want to choose week 15 of the season to finally start saying something? Where was you at weeks ago when we was getting hosed by the officials? You hey, were talking about, talking about, oh, I didn't see the play. Fuck him. It's been a long season, right? He have not said anything. He should have been saying this a long time ago. No doubt there. But you did mention one key thing that I like what you said was about Tevin Jenkins, man. I was just pissed off with the fact that the rest of the team wanted to engage with him in that. He the only one standing right there in a bunch of purple. 
and nobody else stepped up with him, man. Back up Jenkins. Back him up because he's right. Protect your quarterback. First of all, not only was Jenkins the only Bears uniform right there in a sea of purple, but they hit him first. He retaliated only when he got punched. That's when the fucking flag gets thrown. And then Jermaine Fetty has the nerve to light into fucking Tevin Jenkins and get all in his face. Well, guess what, Fetty? How come you weren't over there defending your quarterback like Tevin Jenkins was? Tevin Jenkins is a fucking rookie. And you know what? Justin Fields appreciated the fact that Tevin Jenkins stepped up. Fuck you, Jermaine Fetty. We didn't miss you when you were on IR. And as far as I'm concerned, you can take your ass back to IR with that soft shit. Tevin Jenkins in that one play showed more toughness than any of you fucks on that offensive line has done all season. And you know what? Tevin Jenkins made me believe it. Like, you know what? I understand he has some struggles, Perez. And I can work with that, right? Still a rookie. He's getting better. But you know what? He's showing us that he has heart, right? That guy that says, you know what? I'm going to protect my quarterback at all times, no matter what happens out there. You see what the others are about, Perez. The other guys expose their hand. Salute to you, Jenkins. Keep doing you. Because remember when you and I talked about Jenkins earlier, Perez? We said he's going to piss some people off. Jenkins is one of those guys that's going to piss some folks off. This was a prime example of him pissing people off by doing the right thing, man. Standing up for your teammate. And you're right, man. And Fatty, sit your ass down, man, because you are a disappointment. The fact that you saw that rookie out there standing right there and you want to lecture him about putting up a penalty, man, please. Get over there. Help out Jenkins, man. That's what you do. The quarterback and the line. Biggest thing that I, I loved about Tevin Jenkins when they drafted him is the same thing that we saw here in this moment. Tevin Jenkins is going to bring some edge and nastiness. So I didn't necessarily know about the pissing people off, but I definitely knew that he was going to bring some edge and nastiness to this fucking offensive line, and they needed that shit because this offensive line has not had this since Kyle Longas left. And in that moment, it re- when I saw Tevin Jenkins standing up for Justin Fields, it reminded me when Kyle Long used to stand up for Jay Cutler. Tevin Jenkins has some major Kyle Long energy in that moment, and I'm here for it. And you could tell Justin Fields loved that. And, and nobody else in that offensive line did anything. That is a problem. You fucking protect your quarterback at all times. Justin Fields has been getting teed off on all season. These officials have been letting him get hit. If there's any opportunity where Justin Fields gets a scramble or he's moving to the sideline, teams have been having open season on hitting him. I love the fact that Tevin Jenkins stood up for him because maybe teams will think twice about doing that shit in the future. Absolutely. This is how you got to earn respect, man. This league here. Stand up for your quarterback, first of all. But you know what, man? Jenkins, again, he's one of those guys, friends, that you mentioned all the great things about, man, that I'm actually proud of. This guy really is showing us something already as a rookie. Only played two games, friends, and already making some noise from that standpoint and saying, look, we're not going to tolerate bullshit from the other teams beating up on our quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of development to go, but I like what I saw from him today. Yep. That edge and nastiness, listen, I'll take that shit all day long. I was okay with that 15-yard penalty. I don't care what anybody says about that. We need more of that on the team. Teams in the NFL need to understand when you come here to Chicago, you are not going to be able to take cheap shots on our fucking quarterback and get away with that shit. Fuck that noise. Justin Fields is the franchise quarterback. We need offensive linemen on this team that understand that this kid needs to be protected. This kid, not shot, he should not be on the ground. His head should not be bouncing off of the fucking ground. And if that shit happens, then somebody's going to pay for that. Tevin Jenkins right there in that moment showed me that he's not going to stand for that shit. Now I need four other people in that offensive line that have that same type of energy. Yes, sir, Press. We need some more soldiers on that line, man. Some more soldiers. 
Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sport Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on either team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania, new customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambler problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to the show. All right, A-Dub, you knew the Bears were in trouble win today because for me personally, I thought this game was cooked when Justin Fields got sacked on fourth and one. Why the fuck did Matt Nagy call that play call? Why did he call that play call, A-Dub? <laughs> That shit was doomed from the start. When you saw David Montgomery run off the field, they're going to call a timeout. No, they don't call a timeout. Instead of running the ball on fourth and one, they rolled Justin Fields out. What the hell was that play call? He gets sacked. He had nowhere to go. In that moment, I'm watching this thing, and I'm like, fourth and one at the 21-yard line, third quarter. The momentum was going our way because they had that tip punt. How do we not score? How do we not get any points in that situation? I had no idea what Nagy was thinking, but you rolled my man out like that, Perez, Justin Fields, to no man's land. Come on, man, Nagy. I don't know what the hell you were thinking. For me, Perez, what I thought was the play that um, really said we were cooked, man, I looked at that play in the fourth quarter, fourth and four, that pass to Bird when he dropped the pass. I said, look, man, we already done had like two straight turn of them downs. Now here we are, Perez, again, fourth and four. Man, that was terrible. That was another bad one, too. And you know what? Another moment in this game that I knew, like, oh, we're screwed. When Jakeem Grant left the game with the concussion, I knew we were in trouble because that guy brings a nice juice to this team on special teams, but he's a weapon in offense. We even saw in this game, today he got a nice little run and play. And that's something that I really liked because we've been missing that with Tariq Cohen being out. So when Jakeem Grant went out of this game, that was another moment they dug where I was like, oh, fuck. So, I mean, we had a lot of just things that just didn't go our way today. But that Demir Bird play, that was another one. I didn't like the play call on fourth and one there. Matt Nagy and his decision-making just continues to be just very problematic for us. It was a lot of plays like that, man, that just really just got under my skin, Prez. And, I mean, like I said, we had three fourth down plays, man, that didn't work out. And to get to that point, Prez, we got opportunity to score. I mean, like you mentioned, the one that talked about it all went go back to play calling and execution. And, man, overall, Nagy done a poor job in, that, in those games. I think it was play design at that point in the game is execution. My biggest issue with the offense today is the fact that how the hell do you only get nine points on five possessions in the red zone? Not to mention that six of those points came on the last play of the game when Justin Fields threw that touchdown pass to Jesper Horstead, which, for the record, Jesper Horstead has more receiving touchdowns than Cole Komet this season. How the hell is that possible when Cole Komet is your starting tight end and Jesper Horstead, you don't even get on the field? Because, again, these guys don't have the ability 
to understand talent and personnel and getting the right players on the fucking field. He's got more touchdowns than Cole Komet. He's got the same number of touchdowns as Jimmy Graham. That's the shit that pisses me off with this team. Thomas Graham Jr. Why the hell hasn't he seen the fucking field? This is week fucking 15. This guy ain't seen the field. We've sat up here and had to watch Duke Shelley, Kendall Vildor, Xavier Crawford, Artie Burns. And you got a guy like this that's been sitting on the practice squad and he came out there today and balled out against a great Minnesota Vikings receiver core. See, that's my problem when I look at this team right now. Offensively, I'm pissed off because Jesper Horstead should be getting more snaps. Why not? The guy's a weapon. When you throw the ball to him, he catches it. Cole Komet has a lot of drops. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that Cole Komet's a bad player. But I'm sorry, but there should be some sort of competition on this team, A-Dub. You have to play people that are out here playing hard, busting their ass, and making plays. And when I see Thomas Graham coming in here and making the most of his opportunity, what are they looking at in practice when they see these guys? If this guy's on the practice squad, I'm sure he's out there making plays in practice. So people will see here and try to say, well, Thomas Graham looked awful in preseason. Yeah, he did. He was a fucking rookie. He didn't even play football last season. He sat out because of COVID. Right. However, you mean to tell me that we were so desperate for all these different cornerbacks and you never once thought about this guy. The only reason Thomas Graham played in this game today, A-Dub, was because they had to put him out there. If all this COVID stuff wouldn't happen, we wouldn't have seen Thomas Graham in this game. It's sad. It really is sad because you and I saw how Duke Shelley played bad, you know, how Vildor played bad. Next man, let's move on. Why not give Thomas Graham a chance, right? Let's see what he can do. And now he gets the opportunity to play. Coach made a mistake, man, a big-time mistake. And you made a good point about what do they see in practice, man. You mean something you didn't see this guy develop in practice? You haven't seen him develop at all from Graham in practice? Coaching, where you guys at with this, man? There's no way you can tell me that this guy grew up against one of the best wide receivers and do a solid job that he wasn't ready. Come on, man. And he's only going to get an opportunity, like you said, Press, because other guys are on the COVID list protocol. Come on, man. This is disrespectful to, to, to Graham. I'm very, I'm disappointed, man. I look at the way that he used Corderell Patterson last season in this offense, and look what the fuck Corderell Patterson is doing in Atlanta. Corderell Patterson is finally on a team that knows how to utilize him, and he's fucking putting up numbers right now. I look at Brashad Perryman. We signed him this year to come on this team and be inactive every fucking week, but yet and still, he could be on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers scoring game-winning touchdowns. See, that's the problem. You keep looking at this different guys that all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, this person, they're going to this place and they're doing well. Well, who's the culprit in that? It's Matt right. Nagy, his coaching staff, that their job is to be able to evaluate players and put players on that field that can make plays. And we cannot continue to have guys that are just sitting and wasting away on the bench, and then they finally get an opportunity, and everybody's like, oh, where's this been? Right. 15 weeks in the season, and we've been dealing with the Duke Shelleys and the fucking Kendall Vildors <laughs> and company. This is unacceptable. Unacceptable. Imagine what this defense could have done if it would have had somebody like Thomas Graham playing over there on that other side, opposite of Jalen Johnson. I agree with you, man, because this kid got a lot of heart to press. He got a lot of heart, man. He wants to play. He wants to do well. It's like, like you said, man, week 15 and not get a chance. Come on, man. But the coaching staff is like, this is very disappointing, man. It really is for us to see a coaching staff screw this whole thing up, man. And they know our secondary been a problem. The entire season, Perez, it's, it's unacceptable, man. It really is. So I'm disappointed. But you mentioned some other guys on offense like Horstead, you know, not getting a chance, man. 
you know Justin Fields have a good connection with these guys. Why not play them with those guys, man? It's just unfortunate to see on offense and defense how the coaching staff has taken on this role, man, and not done a great job with it when it comes out of player personnel. Yeah, and then now just to go back to the offense for a second, because I got a lot that I'm going to talk about the defense on, but offensively, this thing just continues to be a fucking mess. Now, I talked earlier about the red zone struggles. A lot of trips in the red zone, not a lot of production that came out of that. The penalties that we had, turning the ball over. Justin Fields, you have to stop turning the football over. I'm sorry, man. I love this kid. I love the potential. I love what he could be. But he has to fucking secure the football. There's been too many times that he's putting the ball on the fucking ground. We got to stop it with the fumbles. He had two in the game today, one of which he lost. He's got to secure that football better. That part bothered me. Also, when you look at Justin Fields' numbers, they're a little misleading, which is why I don't always lead with stats, A-Dub, because a lot right. of his numbers were propped up by the fact of those last two drives that he had in the ball game. Before that, his numbers were pretty bad, man. He was not having a good football game today. I'm glad you talked about the stat piece of it because you know what? You hit a good point, man. I look at impact, man, your impact on the game. And in this particular game, just the field's impact wasn't quite there that we wanted to be, right? But you're right, man. Those turnovers are key, man. They kill you, Press. They kill momentum, man. And he had one, the one that Light just picked up. And then he also, you saw your boy Montgomery have one. It's like, we cannot have these turnovers, man, because these turnovers, like you said earlier, Press, this is what hurts your game, man. This is what kills you as a team. We're not that great of a football team to be turning the ball on. No, we're not a good team at all. And that fumble that Fields had, he's got 12 of them on the season. You can't have that. Woo. When you have a team that struggles offensively, and has had struggles on defense as well. You can't turn the football over. you got to win the turnover battles. We're not forcing a lot of turnovers, so we can't give the ball away. Correct. The sacks that I talked about earlier, he took a couple bad sacks. He's got to learn how to throw the ball away. And I'm tired of seeing him get hit. I want him to start avoiding that contact because he's getting hit by some big defensive linemen. That's just going to take a toll on him. People keep forgetting the fact that this kid's playing with cracked ribs right now. Taking no sense, man. Short career. Short career. You continue to get banged up like that, man. It's starting to get to you mentally if you keep taking those hits. But a turnover with the football from Justin Fields, man, you hit it on the head, press. That got to change. I know he's going to do better. I know. I mean, the kid's still a rookie, right? I'm quite sure he's going to continue to develop and get better from here. But as you mentioned, though, press, we can't overlook that. We're going to keep it a buck. We're going to criticize what we see an area to criticize. Because what I do like with Justin is, He's got a short memory. He turned it on as of, as of late. The later parts of that game, you can see the improvement. You can see where he was kind of learning from some of his mistakes earlier part of the game. But however, that's not going to cut it. In the NFL, you got to play a complete game. Justin's going to have to start the process what he's seeing quicker. He's going to have to get the ball out quicker. One of the things that I talk about on this show often, A-Dub, is the fact that when Andy Dalton was in, the, in there as quarterback, Andy Dalton got the ball out quick. One of the things that I see with Justin is he still has a tendency to hold on to the ball a little bit long. He's going to have to learn through that. He's going to have to take care of the ball better because those things are inexcusable. Interceptions I can live with. That's a quarterback being aggressive. But fumbles, that shit bothers me. And that's an yeah. area that I really hope that they can clean up with him. I like what you mentioned, though, Perez, about the fact of him getting rid of the ball quicker. I think that definitely would help him in the long run, Perez, because you're right, holding that ball too long, man, that also caused him to take some big hits, some hits they don't need to be taking at all. If he get rid of it quicker, Perez, that probably would help to make quick, precise decisions. But I hope that is something that's part of development for him. And one of the points that I had brought up earlier when I talked about Matt Nagy being back there with, as the play caller, 
So this is what we've seen with Matt Nagy and these offenses in the past. No rhythm, just subpar. All the stuff when you see the plays coming, you're like, why are you doing that? Why aren't you opening up the fucking playbook? There's a lot of times there in that first half of the game where I'm like, why is that play called like that? Why aren't you giving Justin opportunities to do anything? It's just a lot of shit that you see out of Matt Nagy. It just looks like he doesn't have any faith in this kid or he just doesn't let the kid make any plays. It's like, open this shit up, Matt. What do you have to lose? That was the part that I was just really pissed off with. This Everything that he was trying to do tonight, it just didn't work. They didn't run the ball well. The passing game wasn't there. The receivers didn't help out Justin Fields. It was a lot left to be desired, eh, Doug? The receivers didn't give him any kind of help because they weren't open. When he looked around, Perez, looked for somebody to throw the ball to, they're not there. No one's getting separation like that, including my boy Money Moon. Come on, man. You can't leave Justin Fields hanging like that. So it was a disappointment. And you're right about the play calling, man, and how the guys played. I thought we got too run happy at times, and then we want to throw the football in the second half. It's like you got to keep a good balance. And now you to keep a good balance with that, Perez. I'm just sick and tired of him. First and foremost, audience, I'm just tired of talking about Matt Nagy, seeing him. It pissed me off seeing him on the sideline today. I saw him <laughs> calling him plays. I saw him with that damn play sheet up to his face. I'm just <laughs> sick of it, man. I'm looking at this game, and I'm like, okay, we're third and long, and he's calling fucking stupid run plays that aren't going to work. The fourth down play that I talked about on fourth and one when David Montgomery had to leave the fucking field yes, because he lost his helmet. That was off. We can't have that. Second yeah, one. Yeah, it was off. Situational awareness from Matt Nagy continues to be a problem for him. And that is why he is not going to be the football coach of this team in 2022. Now, what we continue to see, though, however, is that his players have not quit on him. Either it says that these players still respect him or we still have players on this team that respect that damn jersey and respect what this franchise means to this city. I don't know which one it is, but we are not seeing this team quit on him And that means something to me. It does mean something to me as well, because it looks like these guys are playing for pride, if anything. So it's like, look, at the end of the day, we haven't been a a great season for us. We want to still play and finish strong, try to finish strong. And that's something that's, and that gets part of that, of trying to get this team to understand that part of it. So I will give them a little credit. But again, looking back on this offense, though, it just doesn't work. We've continued to see that with Matt Nagy and his offense, not just in this game, not just this season, but his four years as the coach here, this offense is gimmicky bullshit. It doesn't work. There was no momentum offensively in this game today. We missed out on scoring points on multiple occasions today. Again, I have to harp on his decision-making. There were situations in this game where he should have kicked the field goal, and he went for it. And if you're going to go for it, Matt, then have fucking play calls that fucking have a chance of succeeding. He didn't do that. If he would have kicked field goals in those opportunities where he went for it on fourth down, then late in the game when they scored, they would have had a chance to do something. We weren't even in the game. When they threw that late touchdown, that shit was for for nothing. What's the point? When you're not scoring any points, man, it puts so much more pressure on your defense. But your offense got to give you something, Chris. It got to give you something, man. Nine points ain't going to cut it, Chris. And you got to look at Nagy and say, come on, man. We had our chance. We had some opportunities. You blew them. And like I said, audience, six of those nine points came in the last seconds of the game. So to be honest, we mustered three points in an entire fucking football game against a team that was there for the take. And that was a winnable fucking football game that your defense kept you in that game and we didn't get it done. I talked about Hakeem Hicks, how he stepped up. I talked about Alec Ogletree, how he was a menace 
to Dalvin Cook in the running game. I love how this defense rose to the occasion in this game today, A-Dub. They definitely stepped up. Man, the defense balled out, Prez. I was impressed with Ogletree. I'm not even going to lie to you, man. And coverage, Prez, he was there. He was also in there, man, getting some stops on the run. I was like, man, Ogletree came to play, man. That's what I'm talking about. But you know what? Everyone kind of fed off, as you and I talked about earlier, of Hicks. Roquan did his thing for us. It was just a good defensive effort out there. And I got to thank those boys for that, starting with Coach Desai of getting these guys ready. No, they definitely were ready. That secondary did the job against those Vikings receivers. We shouted out Thomas Graham Jr. I salute him. Great game there. Dalvin Cook was neutralized. That was awesome to see. But most people going into this matchup, as I mentioned earlier, thought that the Vikings offense was going to run the Bears off the field today. That shit did not happen. We handled our fucking business, and I got to give the side props. Now, I know that a lot of people in the fan base were coming after him, saying that his defense is a little vanilla, that where's the pressure, where's this and where's that, where's his aggressiveness? Well, guess what? I got to give this man props because his defensive team was decimated by injuries and COVID today, and I'm telling you, he gave this team a chance to win today. So salute to you, Coach, and salute for you having your unit ready to play tonight. Got to get a coach in the credit, man. That's all I can say, Perez. I give that coach the credit. I don't get a coach on the other side of the ball credit. Fuck him. Hell no. Not at all. And also, there was another fucking Wildcat play, and I hate that Wildcat bullshit. Saw it again today. Matthew, I've talked to you before about this, man. I even asked you nicely. I didn't even swear. I just asked you to please take that out of the playbook. I asked you to please take that out of the playbook. However, since... Asking you nicely doesn't do anything. Take that motherfucking play out of the playbook. That shit does not work. Stop it with the Wildcat, man. Stop it. That Wildcat is trash. He's trash, too. Hey, Doug, let's get our game balls. <laughs> on offense, who's getting your game ball? I got to go with Justin Fields on offense for sticking it out, man. He got to get my game ball press. I know he didn't have a great game, but he stuck it out. At the next play mentality, I still got to get Justin Fields. He took whatever he had for his and just dealt with it, man. What he always does. He learned from it. He grew from things that happened out there. But I got to give him a lot of credit because he's still a rookie and he's still learning. But he's taking it all in for us and still giving his heart, man, giving his all. So I got to give it to Justin Fields for not quitting on the team and continue to put out the effort out there. Yeah, like I said, I don't think he had the best game, but he toughed it out. And, and one thing that I will say I give Justin credit for. He's been put in some really bad, tough spots this season, and there's no quitting this kid. And I just really can't wait to see what's going to happen when they get a real coaching staff around him and they surround him with some better weapons on that offense. So on that game ball, I mean, I'm okay with it. I think that he could have had a better game. He's got to take yeah. care of the ball. But like I said, he but like I said, he toughed it out, so I got no issues with it. For me, my game ball is going to Tevin Jenkins. Audience, I already told you what I thought about what he did in this game today. I'm going to leave it at that. Tevin Jenkins showed me a lot in that moment, and he also showed us all what's been lacking on this offense. This offense does not have the correct identity. We need to get more people with Tevin Jenkins' mindset, and I think Larry Borum has a little bit of that in him too. We need more people to match what these rookies bring to the table. You got a guy like Jason Peters who's on his offensive line, He's got a little bit of a nasty mean streak to his game as well. So my whole thing is we need five guys on that offensive line to have that type of mentality. So Tevin Jenkins, he gets my game ball. Jermaine Fetty, shut the fuck up. I got no problem with Jenkins getting your off game ball, Perez. 
I hope we continue to start, no doubt. All right, on defense, my game ball is going to Hakeem Hicks. Heart and soul of this defense, this man came back, two sacks in this ball game, tackles for a loss, was a problem in that run game. Dalvin Cook couldn't get anything going. And one of the things that I just really loved hearing from Hakeem Hicks after the game, this man said, I just want to play good football and say goodbye to Chicago in the right way. Those words were sad for me to fucking hear. But as I mentioned earlier, this man has pride in playing for this city. And he knows what it means to represent the Chicago Bears. And he has to get that game ball because you see how this defense rose to the occasion with all those guys out, but he was in the lineup. And that means something. That says something. That's pride. And you need more of that on this team. Professionalism. Just understanding what this shit means, not only to the city, but, man, what it means to former players that played on this team. You got a lot of former Bears right now that are watching this shit, and they're ashamed of what they're seeing on the fucking field every week. So thank you to guys like Hakeem Hicks that gets this. You get this game ball, brother, and I will salute you for coming back there and showing us what we've been missing since you've been out for these weeks. Man, Perez, I'm glad you brought Hicks, man, because it's just sad to even think about the fact that he's not probably going to be with this team anymore, man. And um, this guy has given us a whole hell of a lot over the years, man. And um, I'm going to miss Hicks, man, Perez. I really am, man. He He's going out with a bag. looks like it, though, Perez. And I was so proud of him today to see what he's able to do in that game and how he kept the rest of these guys balanced, man. Um, and I'm like, man... I don't know what I'm going to do, man. I don't know how I'm going to look at this. It's just gonna, it's just sad for us to me to even think about Hicks no longer being part of this franchise. All right, who are you giving your game ball to on defense? I gave it to Graham, man. I said, you know what? The rookie coming out there playing the secondary showed me a hell of a lot, man. I got to go with him. And uh, the, the way he played today showed me a lot that I'm disappointed that he has not gotten an opportunity to play more, Perez. And it's just sad for that, too. Sad for that reason as well. But the kid was strong. He was tough. He got some deflections out there for his. He played Jefferson and those boys hard, and I like what I saw from him. Listen, um, he deserves extended playing time down the stretch here. When Jalen comes back, Thomas Graham Jr. has to be that cornerback opposite of him. And if he does make some mistakes, you know, the rest of the way out, fine, I'm okay with that because he at least showed us there's some potential there. He had those right. pass breakups. He had a lot of tackles. He made some great tackles in open field. This kid right here, he was an option all season, as I mentioned earlier. He was available to them. And they chose to trot out Duke Shelley, Kendall Vildor, Artie Burns, and Xavier Crawford. Now, I just want that to, I just want all this, those words to sink in. This guy's been sitting on the practice squad. And those are the guys that they trotted out here. We've seen those guys get beat. Every week has been a different one getting beat on a touchdown. <laughs> Thomas Graham didn't get beat for a touchdown today. Did not. And who was out there screwing up again? Vildor? Again, right? That got lost that led to a touchdown. Come on, man. You got you cannot tell me that Vildor has played better, that much better to where Graham can't get any snaps, Chris. I don't buy it at all. You mean it on that touchdown to Jefferson? I, I think that might have been Deion Bush, but I, I can't I can't really be sure. I didn't see the, yeah, the second, second one. Okay, the second one, yeah, that was yeah. definitely Vildor. Yep, yeah, I thought, I, yeah yep. I thought you were mentioning the – I thought you were referring to the uh, Jefferson one because I think that one was Bush, right? Yeah, that was Bush. Yep, absolutely. Bush just played so far back. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, dude? You're going to get, you get uh, Jefferson that much space, man. Come on, you can't do that. But anyhow, 
Graham done a good job, man, and his snaps. And he got out there. And then you mentioned you were talking about Vildor, how he screwed up on that play, man, getting lost again. It's not the first time we've seen Vildor get lost out there or get with miscommunication. So it just shows you a trend right there. Yeah, but no, great game ball recipient because Thomas Graham Jr., he deserved that, man. He was the best defensive back on the field today. And I look forward to seeing him playing uh, going forward because there's no excuse for him not to be starting here on out. There's no excuse. None at all. No excuses. I also want to give a shout out to Robert Quinn. Two more sacks today, 16 on the season, one and a half sacks away from Richard Dent. Salute to you, brother. Keep doing what you do. All right, A-Dub, who's your underperformer? Your bear down for week 15. My underperformer, week 15, man, I got to go with Vildor because I know I missed him already, Perez. You already know why. He's still the guy for me, man. Every time he comes out there with snaps, something bad always happens. I could go with that. I mean, Vildor is Vildor. I just think they put him in a position where he wasn't ready for. And at the end of the day, that all goes back on the coaching staff. It goes on Ryan Pace because these are things that we shouldn't see. We shouldn't be subjected to what we were subjected to. They should have had a better plan in place for when they released Kyle Fuller. They did not. That's on them. Definitely agree with you there. I give mine to um, Jermaine Effetti. <laughs> and he was close with Cole Komet because I was a little fired up with Cole Komet as well. But at the end of the day, I think Cole Komet, he'll get better. I think once they get a real coach and staff on that offensive side of things, they'll learn how to kind of utilize him better and utilize some of the other weapons. I think we'll see a little bit more out of Cole Komet because the guy's got promise. He's just not putting right. it together. He drops the ball a little bit too much. But however, my bear down for week 15 is Jermaine Effetti. Now, not only has he not played well when he was even in the in the damn lineup, but you've been on IR for multiple weeks. You come back in the game today, you got the fucking audacity to chastise Tevin Jenkins, who's showing some toughness. Now, I have people arguing with us in our mentions and shit, talking about, Oh, well, he cost the team 15 yards and it's a time and a place for everything. Well, guess what? I thought that that was the time and place to let people know that you're not going to come in here and punk our quarterback. Justin Fields has been getting hit way too much this season, a little cheap late hits and shit, and nobody's been doing anything about it. So Jermaine Fetty, shut your ass up. You ain't going to be on this team next year anyway. You are my bear down for week 15. How dare you have more fucking energy towards Tevin Jenkins than you had to the team that fucking hit your quarterback late. The fuck is that about? Fetty, go take a nap somewhere, man. Keep your mouth closed. No one to speak up and no one shut the hell up. Period. All right, A-Dub, man, before we get out of here, so we got the Seattle Seahawks coming up here on Sunday. Now, there's going to be a road game for our Bears. The last time these two teams played back in 2018, the Bears won. However, as I mentioned in this episode earlier, anytime I think that we got a winnable matchup, especially like I thought we had once here today, especially when <laughs> I saw the way we were playing. We find a way to lose. Now, when you got these Seahawks coming in here, the Seahawks have had a they've had a poor season and they're underperforming. But again, you don't know which Bears team you're going to get in that matchup against the Seahawks. So it's just hard to know what the fuck they're going to do. But what I will tell you this, A-Dub, what I want to see going forward is competition. I don't care if you're a veteran on this team or offense, defense, special teams. If you're not getting it done and there's a guy that's on this roster that's hungry, that's chomping at the bit and looking for an opportunity, get them the fuck out of here. Get them the fuck on that field. 
Because as we saw today with Thomas Graham Jr., he took an opportunity. There's tons of other guys like that. Jesper Horstead, get him on the fucking field. There's people that are hungry, that want to fucking play. Give them the opportunity to fucking do what they need to do. Matt Nagy and company, you guys have three games left. You're not going to be here, but guess what? Do what's right for the city of Chicago. Do what's right for this organization and develop some of these young guys and give them an opportunity where we can see what we got going for. And that's what it's about right now for us these next couple games here is to see what we have. Like you said, man, let some of these other guys that have been out there hungry who want to play, I would love to see those guys get the opportunity, man. Jesper, I want to see more of him. Give him the snaps, man. As we already talked about already, Perez, he and Justin Fields are okay together. So let's just see some other guys, man. I really want to see what we can, what we got, like you said, man, for the future. All right, audience, as we mentioned on the last episode, we talked about our DBE trivia contest. So our second annual DBE trivia contest, we had it last week, and Michael defeated Aaron 27-17 to 17 to win the autograph. Lance Briggs football. So Michael will be getting that shit out to you here towards the end of the week. You know, it's the holiday week here. So we'll get we'll get that out to you as soon as we can. But congratulations on that. And A-Dub and I definitely look forward to doing this contest again next season. And we got an epic prize on deck for y'all. But just know that we understand how much you guys love doing this trivia with us. And it was fun for us to do it again. And we definitely got y'all in 2022 on another great trivia contest coming down the pipeline. Yes, sir, Perez. Looking forward to that. But also, like you said, man, congratulations, Michael and Aaron. All right, so audience, we got our preview pod that we're going to be recording on Wednesday. We'll be uploading that on Thursday. And don't forget about our Winter Circle show. We'll be recording that on Friday, uploading that one probably Saturday morning. Hey, man, just getting ready to get geared up for the next game, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to even say about the next game. But audience, (laughs) I'm sure when that time comes for us to do the preview pod, I'll have more to say about the Seattle Seahawks, but right now, all I'm thinking about is uh, going in the other room here and uh, trying to forget about this damn game tonight because this shit was awful. Audience, we're on to Seattle, and we are out. Thanks for listening to The Very Sentence. You can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your continued support and for making this a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. As always, Bears Nation, come down with us.